Contained herein are the heresies of Radolf Burntwine, erstwhile monk-turned-traveling medical investigator. Join me as I uncover the blasphemous truth of a plague-ridden world, that ours is not a loving God, and we are not its favored children. The Heresies of Radolf Burntwine, coming January 2nd, wherever podcasts are available. Oh, and, hi. Uh, welcome to the intro. Hi, Kristen. What, hi. How is it going? It's going great, Jenny. Can you tell that I'm wearing an Invisalign? I can't. You're wearing an Invisalign? I am. And I was just, this is the first time that I've recorded any um, audio while wearing it. So I'm just wondering if you could notice any speech differential from me or if I still sound great. You still sound great. You sound, I'm wearing my fangs. Can you tell? <laughs> I can't. You must have been practicing. Yeah, for all day and all night. <laughs> um, listen, everybody, we have a pretty big announcement. Uh, if you've listened to our podcast for a long enough time, you know that our Philadelphia listeners have let us know that they're super ready to party. Uh, Philadelphia <laughs> listeners, we've heard you loud and clear. We're going to be taping our season premiere episode for season five, Buffy versus Dracula, at World Cafe Live on September 13th, which is also a Friday the 13th and we're ah! yeah that sums it up jenny i was gonna say we're really fucking excited <laughs> um yeah. patrons got advanced ticket links yesterday um so you got a little advanced access to those and today wednesday april 3rd at 10 a.m eastern time the tickets will be available to the public. We made you a bit.ly. It's bit.ly slash buffering Philly. You can also go to the World Cafe Live site and find tickets there. We will let you know. Yesterday's pre-sale moved some tickets and there are some left for sure. But if you want a ticket, you need to get there pretty soon because we have a feeling that we're going to sell out and we're going to sell out pretty fast. So Philadelphia, you have already proven yourselves. Um, and if you would like a ticket, get on over there. 10 a.m. today, Wednesday, April 3rd. Uh, pop on over there. Oh, my God. Wow. Uh, you might be doing some hell math right now and realizing that a live taping on uh, Friday the 13th of September of season five, episode one means we're taking a little break. And your math is correct. We have just two more episodes this season. Two weeks from today, we'll be bringing you the season finale, Restless. And then on May 1st, we will have a very special season wrap-up episode, including some special guests, not the least of which is David Wells, who plays the cheese man. I can't even believe like we asked you all to like help us think of questions and like 80% of the questions were what is his favorite kind of cheese and did the cheese stick to his head on its own? <laughs> oh no. <laughs> so we'll be finding out those hard hitting uh, answers for you in this interview but we're really excited to talk to David um, and after <laughs> after the season wrap on May 1st we're going to be taking the summer off in the main feed but things are going to be pretty awesome in the land of Patreon during that time off. We'll tell you about that in a minute. The live taping of Buffy versus Dracula from Philly will air on September 18th. And then we're going to be back to our regularly scheduled programming and um, it's season five. So like buckle up. We also have a few things going on personally this summer. So Jenny, why don't you tell them what's going on with you this May? Well, I'm playing a few shows. Uh, I'm playing in uh, Boston and New York and Philadelphia on May 16th and 17th and 18th, respectively. Um, you can uh, find tour dates at JennyOwenYoungs.com. And I'll tell you what else. I have this EP that's uh, done, and I'm just 
uh, putting the finishing touches of getting the artwork done and preparing to prepare for release. I like a two-stage preparation process. Uh, so please uh, stay tuned to me uh, over the summer for news about that release and pre-order and uh, possibly more shows and all the fun things that go around releasing music. Hooray! What are what are you going to do all summer long? I am going to be uh, co-directing a camp, which is a sleepaway camp for queer and trans people uh, that happens in June. Very excited to those of you who joined uh, me last year at camp. I hope you're coming back. Can't wait to see you all again. Uh, and then also, Jenny, I don't know if you know this, but um, I'm going to be co-hosting a podcast about the L word. <laughs> yes. <laughs> the first season of the, I'm, I'm joining for the first season as co-host. It's an autostraddle.com podcast. I'm doing it with Reese Bernard and it premieres literally in just a few days on April 8th. Uh, that's a Monday. So it's going to be a Monday podcast and it runs from April to July. So if you're missing my voice in your ears, you can just listen to me talk about living, laughing, loving, fighting, fucking. I don't remember the rest. <laughs> <laughs> Those are all the important ones, I think. Yeah. And um, if you haven't already, go over and subscribe and join us on this fantastic and horrific journey. Uh, bit.ly slash L and back. It, it just looks like land back. <laughs> so bit.ly slash land back. Um, also, I mentioned that we have a super busy summer on Patreon. So if you're in need of Jenny and I, uh, you can also find a lot of treats over in that space. BufferingTheVampireSlayer.com. Just click on Patreon. I just want to tell you a few of the things that are happening uh, between May and September over there. Jenny is going to be playing two online concerts, buffering songs. It's going to be really fun. Yes, uh, yes, yes. <laughs> we're going to be releasing bonus episodes, including a mailbag. And also, you're going to get the complete interview with Mercedes McNabb, who, as you know, plays Harmony. We'll be releasing um, part of that interview in season five. But uh, patrons, you're going to get the full interview this summer. So well in advance. Uh, also... Jenny, you're going to make a special season four song, right? For the whole season. Yes, apparently I am. <laughs> but uh, the whole season, I mean, I don't know how specific you want me to get, but I think it's just going to be a lot of like Riley doing push ups. I was going to say, like, it's in Adam your control. Sucks. So if it's a song that's just you uh, fantasizing about Riley, like, there's nothing we can do to stop you. We'll just have mm, to see what happens. Hell yeah. <laughs> Um, also, I'm going to be reading the Boom Buffy comics. Um, so I'm going to be reading the first two issues um, for one Facebook stream. We'll be talking about those. And then we're going to read three and four, which will be released um, in, I think, just a few, actually really soon. I think it's being released in April. So um, we'll be reading those together and talking about it in Facebook land. Uh, and that's not even all the things that we have going on. If you go over to our website, bufferingthevampireslayer.com, you can also click on events and you can see all of the things happening uh, in the land of Patreon. So, wow. That rocks. Also, while you were talking, I just worked out for myself that rippling abdomen, I don't even like men. What will you be doing later, Riley? Okay. So I'm <laughs> wow, live songwriting in the intro. Yeah. Have you ever? Yeah. Yeah. The third, the third fragment needs some, some work, but I, I'm excited that rippling abdomen and I don't even like men, uh, work work out together i'm, I'm gonna uh, workshop it's it pretty good it's pretty good jenny preview of things to come <laughs> yes and speaking of uh things to come if you want to come see us in philly on friday the 13th of september please get your tickets we imagine that people will be coming down from new york and up from dc and maybe other places as well so get them now because there's 
a good chance we'll sell out. You can use that bit.ly that Kristen mentioned. You can also just go to our website, bufferingthevampireslayer.com, click on events, and all of the information will be there for you. Every time I try to go to the events page without clicking on the events link, I'm like bufferingthevampireslayer.com slash events, and it doesn't go anywhere. And I'm always like, what the hell? And then I remember the trick I play now on myself, which is that the link for the calendar is bufferingthevampireslayer.com slash Jenny calendar. So, <laughs> and I forget every time. And then I laugh at myself and my own joke every time. Okay. <laughs> um, also, we have new shirts. Uh, if you haven't seen them, Christine Tuna, who designed our logo, drew um, a real imagining of the logo it's like honestly it's gorgeous it's the hand and the stake and the graveyard but it's all like thin lines and beautiful there's a lot of shading it's so gorgeous it looks so amazing on the shirt um it's over in our store and also when you're over there you'll see that we added a new sweatshirt because you all love the girl gang shirt so much um we added that in the sweatshirt now so you can stay warm while doing your girl gang duties yes 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 uh god the new christine design is so great Really um, you know what else is great? What, Jenny? Tension ah, of a uh, sexual nature <laughs> and the awards thereof. <laughs> yes, we um we did the nominees live together in the episode, but um we had taped it so far in advance that we didn't have the results. But Jenny, now you have them. You have the results. And uh, when I typed the results out, I like squ- like squealed because it was so it's so <laughs> it was so close. It's, it's really crazy. exciting. I'm looking at them right now, and whoo, I'm fired up. Yeah. Okay, so. Tied for third place, I guess. This is for the uh, Yoko each... factor, just in case oh, you yes, forgot. Oh, yes, I'm sorry. Season four, episode 20, Blaze It. Uh, <laughs> tied for third place, each holding 11% of the vote. We have Adam and Spike, a worthy pairing, and Buffy and Angel. <laughs> womp womp. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh, my gosh. And then the remaining... Ugh, the remaining two matchups, so close. God. One has 38%, one has 40%. And they're both incredible pairings. In second place, with 38% of the vote, we have Spike and Giles. Oh, so close, guys. And in first place, taking home a <laughs> hulking, uh, well-sculpted uh, trophy for this episode's STAs. 40% of the vote. The victors, Angel and Riley. Congratulations, gentlemen. Ah, yes, the crowd This cheers. episode's STA comes with a special honeymoon suite at your local <laughs> Sheridan. Angel and Riley will be sending you some hotel keys as well and look for the trophy in the mail. Thank you. Uh, Jenny, I released a book of my erotic novels for... Um, Faith and Buffy, and I, I kind of want you to release a book of fan fiction of just Angel and Riley. The, the, I think that I think that you know there's an audience out there for you. Yeah, um, um, that sounds great. The first activity that I pictured them doing together was changing the oil of a pickup truck, <laughs> wow. which I guess they'd have to do at night. Like all of their all of their activities would be like kind of farmy, <laughs> but also like nocturnal. <laughs> nocturnal farming. Uh, yeah. yeah, it's pretty sexy yeah. by the light of the moon. Yeah, I'm there. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Uh, let, let us turn the corner from sexy to spooky, shall we? <gasps> 
Okay, Jenny, this is the second time I have a spooky news story for you. Um, and this one's really fun. Uh, this is from a listener, Jessica, who emailed it to me. And it is from, um, it's a Twitter, it's a Twitter thread. The source of this information is um, a book called Haunted Greece by John L. Tompkinson. And the tweet is from uh, Tarka Barka Holgi, which is T-A-R-K-A-B-A-R-K-A-H-O-L-G-Y, who says, are you ready? I'm ready. I just found out that many Greek towns on islands traditionally designated smaller, uninhabited islands to bury their vampires on. Or, <gasps> yeah, rather dead people that they suspected of being vampires because vampires can't cross salt water. So <gasps> Greece has vampire islands. Wait, what? Okay. First of all, according to who they can't cross salt water. I know. I, I was like, well, that's a particular lore. That, yeah, the Greeks. Yeah, the <laughs> I'm unfamiliar with that lore, but I love it. I ah, really yeah. rocks. But also, yeah. on what grounds do they suspect people of being vamp dead people? Of being I know. Vampires? Well, I mean, probably just like two puncture wounds in their freaking neck. But actually, this tweet goes on to add that um, according to the book, the Greek vampires are often cobblers by profession. So, like, I don't what? know. I know. I don't Sounds know. Sounds like a smear campaign uh, created by someone with a with an axe to grind with a local cobbler, right? But also, so they're apparently often cobblers who are like named vampires after their death. And then the the lore has it that they they continue their work after death, which means, according to this person tweeting, vampire islands with vampire shoe businesses. So just so are the. <laughs> Okay. <laughs> so are those uh, cobblers making shoes just for vampires or is their clientele open? Or is, oh, is it a mark of bravery to to buy a pair of, of shoes as a, as a mortal human from a vampire cobbler? Yeah, you know, like I could see like a pretty like uh, black market trade happening with this where like you have to pay for your vampire shoes in, <laughs> in people, you know, like you have to like deliver... <laughs> You have to deliver people that they can eat um, or, you know, Ooh, yeah. drink their blood. And then in exchange for that, you get a pair of vampire shoes. I imagine, oh my you God, know, like. They could probably use the, the the tanned hides of the people that they drink. <gasps> to make, make more shoes. shoes. Yeah. Now that's, that's um, efficiency. That's some spooky news. Well, now I'm so scared again, but <laughs> not too scared to say thank you to Lauren Klein, our dutiful sound engineer, who you can follow on Instagram at Lauren Taylor Klein. Hey. Yeah. And we are uh, about to go right into Primeval now. I want to let everybody know, we say it in the episode two, but we taped this episode two days after prom in New York City. So we are especially loopy. Uh, we hope you enjoy. Mm -hmm. We apologize in advance. And you're also welcome. <laughs> Uh, Jenny, let's go some rip some fucking uranium out of that hard drive guy. <laughs> Beautiful. And welcome to Buffering the Vampire Slayer, a podcast where we are watching and discussing every episode of Buffy the Vampire Slayer, 
one at a time, spoiler free. I am Jenny Owen Youngs. And hey, I'm Kristen Russo. We're back together again. Have you missed us? Ta-da. <laughs> this week we are, wow, we are almost at the end of this season. We are talking about season four, episode 21, Primeval. Stay tuned at the end of this podcast every week for an original song written by Jenny, recapping the Buffy episode we are discussing. And if you have not yet started listening to our Angel podcast, Angel on Top, hosted by Brittany Ashley and Laura Zach, what in the Sam Hill are you doing? <laughs> Who is Sam also, Hill? Yeah, what's with the hill of Sam? <laughs> Primeval was written by David Fury, directed by James A. Contner, and aired on May 16th in the year 2000. This is the one where, having gained control of Riley's mind, Adam, the name we always want to hear, sets in motion his plot to create an army of unstoppable soldiers and destroy the initiative. So... I guess he is successful in... Is that the point of Adam? The point of Professor Walsh creating Adam was for Adam to create all these demonoid hybrids so that they could destroy the initiative? That seems like not... Well, I feel like that's the first step of the plan is like it's yeah. destroy the initiative and then what? Destroy like world domination? For what? Yeah, I don't I, I don't, don't buy this this posthumous uh character assassination of Professor Walsh who was not great. Yeah. But I feel like she wasn't really world domination type. Right. And uh, like also as someone who recently uh, became the owner of my first lab coat, I feel <laughs> qualified <laughs> to say to, I just don't see it. Jenny and I are taping this episode two days after we were at Buffy prom in New York city, which was amazing. And I sound a little sexier than usual, I think because of all of the screaming that we did. A lot uh, of screaming. A lot of screaming. And in case you haven't seen already on our social media uh, over at Buffering Cast, we were gifted. We were, oh boy. I mean. I can't. For starters, we were named Queen and Queen. Um, our, of prom. Our Scoobies, our beautiful, beautiful Scoobies made us a tiara and a scepter that are incredible. The tiara is like, has little like bite me charm on it and a little faith, faith charm on it. A and a crossbow, little, little battle axe. It's incredible. The scepter also has those charms, just so we're clear. Yes, everybody has the charms. Mm -hmm. uh, and in addition to that, also lab coats because it is season four. And my lab coat says erotic poet laureate on it. And Jenny's what Jenny, what my does yours say? My lab coat is embroidered with my name, which is Jenny Owen Youngs, and my title, which is Hunkologist. Hunkologist. So that's the lab coat to which Jenny is referring. Also, yes. wow, prom was amazing. Uh, Jenny and I cried all day Sunday uh, trying to process all of the love that we have for you. We won't get too deep into that because we have an episode to discuss, sure, but you sure, know that our sure. hearts are like the Grinches, except they started at normal size. Right, right. So imagine <laughs> how messed up all of our other organs are right now. <laughs> also, probably in the future, we should have a prom debriefing episode just so that we can squee all over the place. Anyway. So Jenny, you were talking about lab coats. Why? Because I have one. Oh, because Professor Walsh, because science, because character assassination. Yes, right. Because we don't know what Professor Walsh's actual end goal was. But it does seem, I mean, here's what makes, 
I would say like Adam is lying or like Adam embellished the plan, you know, later on. But the fact of the matter is that we learned that Riley has a chip in his heart or oh whatever. Oh my Which like, God. I, d- I tried to do a little deducing, but I didn't get far enough. But I was like, Spike has a chip in his brain and oh Riley God. has a chip in his heart. It's and like, who's the, got a who chip needs courage? In there. Uh-huh. <laughs> like, it's like the, like if, because then I was like, so that would make Spike the scarecrow, which kind of makes sense because the scarecrow in Wizard of Oz was like, the intentionality of a scarecrow is to scare the crows away, but he right. was afraid of everything. And like, Spike isn't afraid of everything, but he kind of has to be afraid of things now. Like he's like the vampire that right. nobody is afraid of. Yep. Which yep. checks. Yeah. So then I got really excited, but then I got confused. No, because, okay, because Riley's chip in his heart, Tin Man, Tin Soldier, classic. Oh, Great. Okay. Yeah. So then and then who, who has a chip lion? in their fear center? Like who, right, who's the third? And then is Buffy Dorothy? Like it would seem like Buffy would have to be Dorothy. But if Riley and Spike are two, then is it Angel? Is it far off Angel? I was is thinking just that would be the natural cowardly lion, the the brood, the brooding lion, the brooding lion. <laughs> yes. Okay, so title. so you can all work on that. We do expect some photoshopping to be happening Please. right away, right now. Pause the episode. Get to work. Yes. So at the very beginning of this episode, at the very end of the last episode, Buffy was like, "I'm gonna go find someone I can count on." Right. And we were like, who? <laughs> and in the beginning of this episode, she's like, Riley. Yeah. Except what? Riley's not sitting in his dank, moldering school shell. Uh, he's somewhere else, which we know, but Buffy was not anticipating. He's with Adam. Yeah. Brothers, huh? Ew. Brothers. But before, Jenny, before we get to brothers and mothers, uh, which is the, the, the castaway title of this episode, Ugh. season four, episode 20, <laughs> brothers and mothers. Uh, I just want to say a couple of things. First of all, um, previously on, I didn't know if you noticed, but we had to hear Maggie Walsh say, or we had to hear Adam say mommy, mommy. so many times in the previously on. And it's like the editor finally heard our scream <laughs> because this previously on, we get everything except mommy. We don't. Thank you. It. Previously on. Thank editor. you so much for that. <laughs> <laughs> um, also, I just, I didn't get to talk about the Yoko factor. And there's two things that I just really want to talk about very okay. briefly. Okay. It's all right with you. Sure. It's permitted. Okay. Um, I just want to say that the moment when Angel and Buffy leave Riley in the room made me happier than most things have ever made me. It was really funny and I loved it. And the other thing I really wanted to talk about for two seconds is when Riley thinks that Angel is bad. <laughs> and Buffy's like, no, that's that's actually that's just, just regular. That's just regular Angel. Okay, sorry. I just, you know. Okay, because I, I watched the Yoko Factor before I watched Primeval, mm-hmm. so I got mm-hmm. all jazzed on it. Mm-hmm. Now I'm ready. Yeah. Now I'm ready to, yeah. the, to go forward into the to-be-continued. Uh, I want to say that I love Buffy's studded jacket. Did you, you pro- I don't know if you talked about it in the Yoko Factor. because We I did not. She's wearing it there, too. But it's like a, t- a lady twist on a leather jacket. Oh, it's like a cowgirl jacket. Oh, oh God. <laughs> um, but the, the core of this episode, really, and the last episode, is something that Buffy repeats, I think, in the previously on, which is this is why there's no ancient prophecy about a chosen one and her friends. Right. The core of this whole thing is really, and we're going to, I would imagine, probably spend the bulk of our time talking about this, is us seeing the Scoobies come together in a way they never have before. Hooray! It's very special. Yeah. But first, brothers and mothers. Dude, 
Maggie Walsh also implanted a behavior mod chip in Riley. I mean, we've already mentioned this, but like, yeah, I don't, I just don't buy any of this. Yeah, there's, I mean, see, so season four has a lot of really great things, but I think it also has some weak spots. Adam, I think we've been clear on. Oh, you don't. As uh, the the facts able weak spot of uh, season four, <laughs> but um, but also right, like I don't really buy that Spike would be um, allying with. Is that way how you say it? Allying, ally, allying, being an ally, allying. <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> Keep going. <laughs> I don't think Spike would be teaming up with Adam, teaming up with Adam the but way I, that he is. Cause it's so, it's just like a bunch of verbal promises. Like he's trusting this like Frankenstein well, monster to take the chip out of his head with his long fingernails. Like but, what the fuck? <laughs> well, I think there's, I think Spike is a survivalist above all. Sure. And, um, Adam is currently the beefiest beef stick in town. Wow. You're going to make a graph uh, <laughs> to go along yeah. ranking the beef, yeah. the beef factor of yeah, uh, all of, of our dudes. Of, of course. And, and, um, I mean, when they first, when they first team up, it's like a Adam makes a clear show of his superior strength. And then is like, I'll give you the one thing you want. Yeah. And then he does his like little motivational speech thing. And I think the only way I'll believe it is that I think Spike has a little bit of a crush on Adam. Okay. You know, like I, I think that Spike just is like pretty into anything that might be able to kick his ass. Okay. Oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah. I can see that. Right? Yeah. Um. There's a pattern. So, but I think that's a little holy for me. And I also think that um Maggie, right, Maggie's arc. And, and we said this up in the intro, but in case you skipped the intro for whatever crazy reason because you missed spooky news so <laughs> um we have an interview that we did a while ago with Lindsay Krauss who plays Professor Maggie Walsh and is amazing and we saved it for this episode um so we're gonna get to that pretty shortly uh, it's very very exciting yeah so Adam runs through the basic commands for a Labrador retriever <laughs> <laughs> sit <laughs> stand <laughs> quiet yeah stop talking and riley's like doing all of it right and we're all like what uh-huh, uh-huh. and then adam is like humans are adaptable but weak and emotional and i'm like true <laughs> yeah i mean there are some points that adam has that are but also who keeps saying mommy Ugh. also like that's something sorry not to get all macro again but something that I do love about this episode and like I don't like Adam but I do love the dichotomy of sort of like magic and heart versus like machinery and planning science oh or, yeah like I mean I, I didn't want to put I mean, science magic in the si- magic and science right hard and soft heart <laughs> oh <laughs> Heart and soft. You know that piano song that's like, da, 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 na, 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 na. Yeah, but like, right. It's just like, I feel like it's like rigid, like following a plan to the letter and like be, having your data in line versus like following your heart and your gut mm. and your and your passion. Yes, baking versus cooking, of course. Yeah, cooking fucking wins, man. Okay. <laughs> anyway, we'll get more to that in a bit, but Giles is really hungover. I feel him. Yeah, in his Jenny, bathroom. looking a little tired. You still hung over from prom two No, days later. I had one whiskey over four hours. I know. I only had I'm two. I'm emotionally hungover. That's what I was going to say. I only had two whiskeys, but I am emotionally and laboriously 
hungover. Uh-huh. <laughs> um, but yeah, Giles is in his robe and um, trying to fucking lie about it. Uh, I'll be <laughs> a, a brisk jog uh, yes, later on. Mm, a brisk jog, of course. <laughs> Me too. <laughs> I thought maybe for Giles we could give him a little jingle. What do you think? <gasps> yes. Giles, hot dad. When you were younger, you were real bad. But now you're older, you got glasses that help you watch over us. Thank you, Giles. Also, we find out that Adam's like end game for getting Buffy into the fight is to achieve maximum carnage. <laughs> yeah, to uh, collect body parts. More body parts because Adam wants to make a bunch of Adams. And how is everyone around Adam not like, you really want more of this? <laughs> this is the aesthetic that we want to multiply. I know. Like, can you like, do, do we get improved looks as we get further down the line? Is it like, are we eventually going to wind up with an iPhone 10 or uh, <laughs> <laughs> are we all going to have faxing iPhone, abilities? <laughs> iPhone 10s that are just like mommy. <laughs> uh, uh, so yeah. And sorry, there was something else that you wanted to say. Oh yeah. Jenny? Spike has failed because uh, he's effectively separated Buffy from all her friends, but too early uh, because she didn't get the information that Adam wanted her to get. Yeah. Which also this whole thing is Uh, such a bad plan. Let's get her some encrypted discs that reveal to her that there's going to be a rumble. Yeah. Also that that are so encrypted that even Willow can't uncrypt them, decrypt them. Uh, decode them, whatever, yeah. and that they uncrypt themselves. <laughs> okay, we're never just, allowed to tape right after prom. <laughs> <laughs> uncrypt, decrypt, uh, anti-crypt code. Say <laughs> yeah. encrypt it again. <laughs> See, we should say about after okay, prom all okay, the time. Okay, okay. <laughs> okay, so Xander. Xander's really sad, and I'm sad for Xander. Like, you know, and and it brings... Whoa, 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 whoa. Oh, okay. I'm sorry. You missed a really important scene, which is Buffy going back to oh, her dorm to I weapon did. up. And she's got a tiny little tote bag and a huge battle axe. And she's like, I'm going to just make this work. It's fine. Like, what are you doing? What is that accomplishing? You're going to put the heavy end of the axe in and then put the tote strap over your shoulder. But you're going to have like a, a oh. very long battle axe handle just like sticking out whacking people as you w- stroll across yeah. campus it's kind of how i feel when i put my yoga mat in my tote and it sticks out <laughs> but even more dramatic yeah and more deadly i also skipped the fact that buffy goes into the dorm room and picks up the photo it's like very like <laughs> oh, yeah, the season one <laughs> the season one uh, photo holy trinity photo <laughs> and looks at it but okay uh after those two very now we're ready for xander very notable things happen xander is lying in bed and i have to say jenny i know that you're the honkologist here but he is Looking pretty hunky. Like, he's looking pretty good. And you know who thinks he looks good? Especially when she picks up the blanket oh to God. look at his penis. Oh, my God. <laughs> Sorry. So Anya. The answer's like Anya. Jenny and I tape, tape remotely for so many of our episodes now that the fact that I have you sitting across the table from me makes me want to just say, say the like word penis. <laughs> sure. Just to get a rise out sure. of Sure. Yeah. Oh, rise. Huh? <laughs> um, so... Xander's depressed. He doesn't want to go check uh, the board for available job opportunities. And Anya's like, yeah, you shouldn't go down. They won't even interview you if you're naked. Yeah. But Anya's such a good girlfriend. This is so nice. Right? She's like, because he basically gives us the first um, bit that 
explains the rest of the episode, you know, because she's like, don't worry, your friends, like your friend, what your friends say don't matter. And he says, well, right, it doesn't. It's just that I kind of believe it. And that's what's really complicated about Spike's, what Spike's doing is he's not just like planting fake things. He's hung around with the Scoobies enough to really know their insecurities. And And he has greater emotional intelligence than all of them put together. (laughs) Yeah. So, so the seeds that he's planted within all of them are pretty, Mm, are uh, like really uh, aligned with their individual fears. Right. Um, And Anya's like, but I love you. She's like, even if they are right, it doesn't matter. You're a good you. person yeah. and a good boyfriend and oh, I love you. God. Also a Viking in the sack. Yeah. <laughs> she loves talking about how good Xander is in the sack. It's like almost too much. Like, is he good in the sack or? I have to believe her. I have to believe yeah. that Anya wouldn't settle for a sub. He's probably better in the sack than he was when they got together. Yeah. I mean, math it's probably would... a boot camp over yeah. there. <laughs> yeah. And Anya's really. That's the real, that's the real Fort Dix. And Anya, wow. <laughs> Uh, she's coming alive. She's yeah. coming alive. Just had a same penis <laughs> at her face a couple times. Um, yeah. I mean, I think I don't even. I lost my train of thought. Fort Dix. <laughs> yeah. Fort Dix was too good of a of a joke. We can move on now. Um, so we briefly see when Buffy goes in to look for Adam that Adam has um, what. I worked at a hedge fund for a few years of my life, and I'll tell you that if you're a trader, you have three computer screens on your desk. <laughs> <laughs> you think he's just, like, buying stocks? Yes. <laughs> I just thought it was so funny that not only did he have three computers on his desk, in quotes, it's like a, it's like a, a pile of dirt a with, like, <laughs> I don't know. Computer layer. Oh, but anyway, Adam's not there because he's taking Spike on their little jaunt to see the secret initiative layer that is like sealed away like Indiana Jones. It's just like it's at this point, it's just like an empty room. Right. Like, look, Spike. Yeah, yeah. Look at what we have. And then Jenny. Yeah. From around the corner. (laughs) Yes. Comes. What might be a zombie, what might be a reanimated corpse, one thing we know for sure is it is Professor Goddamn ah! Walsh. And moments later, Forrest. But also Dr. Engelman. Poor forgotten Dr. Do Engelman. Do we see Dr. Engelman in this scene? Or do we? I, I didn't clock him in this scene. I thought we oh, just shit. saw him later. <laughs> yeah. Spoilers. You're going to see fucking Dr. Doom later. But in this scene, I think. <laughs> Dr. Doom. What did I used to call no, him? No, 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 no. I have Engelman in my note for this part. Uh, anglerfish. That's what I used oh, to call Oh, wait. You, did you say you, that Adam took Spike on a tour? Uh, Adam took Riley on yeah. a tour. Right. Who can, okay, yes. Who can okay. keep track of those three? Yeah, and he's all like, this is where the secret part of the initiative where the new race will begin. <laughs> the new race, yeah, dude? Okay, ugh. but also, like, I have to assume, and now I am a doctor, <laughs> but I may not, this isn't my field of focus but i don't think that once you start making um demonoid human robot fax machine hybrids like once you start building them i don't think they can like mate with each other and make other little like lizard lizard bot boys right they could that would be so cute yeah they probably not well that would be better than looking at adam yeah i mean i guess it depends on like what kind of functionality these demonoids have like what do they look like when they take their clothes off are they mostly human can they still procreate are their reproductive organs left intact like what's happening yeah what's up with their (laughs) dicks We gotta go. 
Also, so, you, uh, you neglected to mention that when Buffy walks into Adam's empty computer lair, she's like, Adam, where are you? <laughs> Out loud. <laughs> yeah, this episode has its strengths and weaknesses. You know what's the strength, though, Jenny? Now that we've met uh, zombie or reanimated corpse, Professor Walsh, I think we should take a break here, take some, yeah, take get a drink of water, water, and we should go over to listen to uh, a snippet from our interview with Lindsay Krauss. You are going to enjoy it. Oh my God. So, hello, Lindsay. Thank you so much for being on Buffering the Vampire Slayer. We're very excited to have you. Thank you. It's great to be here. It's always funny for us. Um, we've spoken to a lot of the, for lack of a better word, villains of the show. Uh, <laughs> I beg your pardon. <laughs> <laughs> so I thought we could start at the beginning and just hear a little bit about how you came to the role of Professor Walsh and just hear about, you know, did you audition? Um, how did you find out about the audition? Uh, I did not audition for this. Um, someone called my manager and asked if I would come on the show and do this. And uh, I, w I wasn't quite sure when I was first called exactly what the role was. But then when I found out, I thought, oh, this is going to be really fun. <laughs> <laughs> That's actually, that kind of leads into the second piece of it. So you got called in for the role. Did you know the arc of Professor Walsh at the start when you started? Or did you know, like, she was Buffy's professor and there would be more to come? Right. That's more what I knew. I knew nothing about what was to come. I didn't know how many episodes there would be, how long she would be on the show or anything, where it was going. So you just knew you were playing a professor right, who right. who also went by the the nickname Evil Bitch Monster of Death. <laughs> <laughs> yes. <laughs> uh, did you were you familiar with the show when you got called for it? Like did you know it already? Oh sure, yes. I thought the show was really fun. I I watched it. It was really cute. And um I have to say being being called the Evil Bitch Monster of Death, there was a day after I'd been on the show for a while when I took my young daughter into the orthodontist and it was very early in the morning and we came up to the reception desk and there was a pair of twins who were the receptionists in this oh, wow. dental office. And they stood up simultaneously with these very surprised looks on their faces and said simultaneously, Oh my gosh, it's the evil bitch monster of death. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God. There's something like, I feel like you would have remembered that story no matter what, but there's something about there being two of them standing up at the exactly. same time. Tweedledum and Tweedledee. It was yeah. one of the most surreal things that ever happened to me. <laughs> So in, well, this, so this is an interesting question then, because my, my next question is about like your preparation for the role. Um, and I wonder if that changed too, as the role deepened and developed. The way that the show worked for me was I didn't know what was coming. So, um, it was more like I would arrive and find out, or I mm -hmm. would find out only a few days before I was going to shoot. So it wasn't as if you know, I was able to have a meeting and sit down and we were going to talk about how this was going to play out. As a matter of fact, at one point, um, because I had children, because I needed to plan my life a bit, um, I went to Joss and I said, you know, can you tell me what you think is going to come or 
you know, how long this interaction is going to go on with Buffy and whatever. And he said, oh, my gosh, we have the most incredible thing that's going to happen. I said, oh, that's fantastic. He said, we're going to kill you. (laughs) (laughs) And he was so excited about it. (laughs) I said, oh, my goodness. When? He said, two weeks from now. <laughs> oh, wow. This is the life of an actor. You know, I thought, oh, my gosh. And then he said, but he said, what's really exciting, we're going to bring you back. I just remember feeling like, oh, my gosh. <laughs> uh, okay. Because um, I was hoping I was really going to get Buffy at some point and have her. <laughs> Tremendous danger. <laughs> you, you got so close, but you know, she's really hard to take down. <laughs> I will say that when I came back, um, <laughs> I was in the makeup trailer. I, I didn't know anything. I didn't know exactly how it was all going to go down. I was in the makeup trailer and there was a huge fight, <laughs> argument between um, the man who was the gentleman who was doing my makeup and one of the people on the show, I don't remember who, as to whether I was a zombie or a reanimated corpse. (laughs) I personally didn't have much to offer because I had never really been clear about the distinction between those two (laughs) beings. I sat there like a ping pong match, you know, just watching one of them and the other one of them arguing for whichever way it was to go. Well, they decided eventually on a reanimated corpse which I think involved a bit more um, flaking off skin. Wow. And, so I was going to say, what, is, what wound up being the difference between the two? Well, I think it was a lot, of, a lot of flaking off skin. And then it left a little bit more creativity because they put on my back um, a pack that weighed about 22 pounds, wow. out of which came tubes, uh, some of which were carrying green lighted water and some which were carrying red lighted water which was supposed to be my circulatory system <laughs> which came out of the body and went back in i guess sure yeah that makes so, total sense <laughs> the only hard part about that was that it was literally glued onto my skin and that i had to sit with it all day so if i had a shot you know at seven o'clock in the morning and then not one until five in the afternoon <laughs> There was no way I could lie down because I had this pack on my back. That was pretty wow. fun. Wow. That's but I enjoyed all of this. I loved the makeup trailer because watching them turn everybody into what they were was really, really fun. Really yeah. a lesson. It was, it was a riot. There was a, there was a very Halloween atmosphere in the makeup trailer. <laughs> I'm sure. Well, actually, another listener submitted question was about the practical effects and the makeup um, for both that you were involved in, but also, you know, you were around seeing so many of the monsters and Adam in particular, yeah. uh, and the, and they would love, and I would love to hear you talk about, you know, any of the fun, like practical effects and monster stories that you might have. You know, I, about, about Mark Blucas, which plays into this, um, yeah. Mark, actually, I had known, I lived in Pacific Palisades at the time and Mark used to, um, go to the rec field and, you know, work with kids on the basketball court. You know, he was so athletic and everything. And so I met him there because my kids played basketball and they were down there on the rec field. And, you know, I would ask Mark, you know, 
how are you and what are you up to and whatever and say well I'm an actor and like many young people I think oh my god you're an actor you poor baby you know you're probably <laughs> waiting on tables someplace and then he shows up on the set of Buffy and I went Mark you're really an actor congratulations <laughs> this is wonderful <laughs> so um I when I came back as this reanimated corpse um Mark was I can't even remember why now Mark was um kind of tied up in a laboratory or whatever. And I was going to inject him with some serious type of poison. So I had this huge hypodermic needle. And part of being a reanimated corpse, I discovered, is that they have um, kind of inner sight. So their eyes are dead. So I had to wear totally occluded, totally clouded up contact lenses. So it meant I couldn't see but I had to make an wow. entrance into a laboratory, turn left, <gasps> aim this hypodermic at Mark and get him in the arm and inject <laughs> this stuff. And I couldn't see a damn thing. So <laughs> I said to Mark, look, you know, I'm going to, I used to be a dancer. I had to do many physical things on stage. And I said, this shouldn't be too hard. I'll figure out how many steps this way, how many steps that way and the level of my arm, but I won't know truly how close I am to you. So I could, you know, be heading with this thing to your eye, to your ear, to the side of your neck, you know, to your chest. So you just yell cut because I can't. Right, right. So this is like an actual sharp thing that you're walking with. It's yeah, not even... and, it, and it, 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 you know, it was one of those needles that would retract into the tube, but right. still... You know, yeah. it, it's a thing headed for his face or whatever. <laughs> so we tried a number of takes and the first couple, I ended up, you know, totally off base, like somewhere around his chin or the back of his head or something or in his hair. And he never would, would yell, cut. I said, Mark, why don't you yell, cut? And then I won't like risk your life. <laughs> he said, because, you know, you might hit me someplace and it'll be better. It'll be better. <laughs> like, like what? This, right between your eyes? This will be right. more, more dramatic. Oh my God. He was, he was always very willing. So that's oh incredible. It's incredible that you knew each other before you did Isn't that this cute? show. Isn't that cute? Yeah. I love that. I would love to hear from you too about um, the set of the initiative. We we refer to the initiative set as the tinfoil basement um, because it's just like literally so much tinfoil. And so I'm wondering what it was like to work on that set um, and, and if you remember seeing it for the first time. I do. It was really extraordinary. I just thought, oh, my God, it's amazing what people put all their efforts into. And it did. I mean, it, it was so much fun that way, actually, because... Uh, you know, I, I'm, a, I'm a creature of the theater. I come from the theater. And in the theater, there's so many simple things that you use that will stand for something else. And it's part of the fun. Right. And yeah, I, well, it's like the pack on my back. It looked like, you know, two teenage kids had made it. And it was just great. It was fantastic. Yeah. I loved yeah. it. Is there anything else about your time on the show that you wanted to share with us that I didn't ask you about? I think just that um, I was grateful for the time that I had on the show. I think that um, Buffy was, like many great television shows, a very uh, special um, iteration of what television can be. Mm. And 
I think the um, commitment of all the actors that were on it, the lovely, lovely cast, the superb direction, the fun of it, the uh, adventure of it, was a, a, a really nice relief from cop shows and lawyers and judges and other parts that I tend to play on television. And uh, I had a good time. So I was, I was uh, grateful and it's a nice memory. Well, we had a wonderful time with you as well. Thank you. Uh, Thank you. <laughs> so much so. Thank you for, for being our very favorite bitch monster, evil bitch monster of death. <laughs> there will never be another. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my gosh. <laughs> Talking to Lindsay Krauss was such a joy. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you yeah. again to her. So special. You know what else is special, Jenny? When you're strolling through the caves uh-huh. looking for some big freaky demon human robot guy uh-huh. and then, but then oops you just bump into spike what's he doing down here and then he calls you nancy drew <laughs> in a way that makes it's me kind of hot it's yeah there's something i don't know about these two mm-hmm, mm-hmm. but i we'll get to the <gasps> sexual tension awards later and i'm just gonna throw a hat in the ring for this moment because uh yeah you say he's like calling her goldilocks in another episode he's calling yeah. her nancy drew uh-huh, uh-huh, i already uh-huh. discussed how spike feels about people who might be able to kick his ass right yep so mm. a theory and it's not bunnies <laughs> um uh wait wait yes. before we go i just would like to give a shout out to, <laughs> to zombie forest before we left the other Oof. scene who says God has nothing to do with it. <laughs> Thank you. Okay. Oh. So Spike blows his cover. Yeah, he uh, really fucks up. He keeps fucking up in this. <laughs> it's almost like he wants to get caught and punished. <laughs> <laughs> right. It's almost like he maybe wants to keep that fucking chip in his head. <laughs> I'm just saying. Uh, yep, yep, So yep. we cut from this scene to what I'm going to begin the goddamn scene with a jingle. Willow's like, oh, it wasn't an asymmetric algorithm. It was a hexagonal key pattern the mm, whole time. But of course. Then of course. Any, anyone with a lab coat knows that. <laughs> but of course, she doesn't get to crack the code. And she's very adorably Willow about it, right? She's like excited that they have the information, but also mostly bummed that she didn't get to do it herself. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, we cut back to... Fucking- wait, wait, wait. Buffy calls for Willow. And t- fucking Tara is like, yeah, she's right here. I mean, hang on. <laughs> yeah. Let me see if she's available. Tara, not great with Tara, doors. And, um... Don't hire Tara as your secretary. <laughs> exactly. Please. <laughs> um, as your secretary. Sorry. Wow. So please go on. So we go, there's just a little bit of, I, I, this is a rough episode for sexual tension in general, but I do think that forest zombie forest dude is like really hot for something. And I can't really (laughs) figure out what it is. Yeah. But this next scene, he's like, you're wrong, man. I am surging with life. And we, so we sort of learn here that what this is interesting. It's almost like Adam is making like servant um demonoids and then like adam demonoids it's like because professor right. walsh is like kind of mindlessly doing what they're not even demonoids they're just they're reanimated like drones dr- they're workers yeah, they're the worker bees and but um the forest is not and forest which which kind of seems 
to me to indicate that maybe like Forrest didn't die when he was impaled. Oh, like, maybe. I mean, Adam's human body was dead. Like the human parts of him were dead. But if it feels this kind of makes me feel like uh, Forrest remained alive and perhaps in critical condition while he was disassembled and reassembled. Forrest was like, come on, man, it's always been my fantasy to be a zombie sleeping with zombie Riley, please, man. Also the way that he goes, "Mm -mm," and like windshield wiper (laughs) wags his finger. (laughs) Also, also he tells Riley that he has, that they have some choice parts for him. (laughs) To that I say, sir, which parts? I think we've already discussed. I think we already know when we've already named them within this episode. <laughs> wow. Also, he says he's free of all his weaknesses and doubts. <laughs> <laughs> Ooh, wow. Jenny and I are here for it today. <laughs> he then tells Riley to be a good boy. Or maybe Adam tells him uh, to be I think, a good um, boy. Or maybe Professor Maggie Walsh does that. Somebody tells him to be a and good boy. And then she gives him a shot. And then we go to campus where we have this summoning circle of (laughs) (laughs) Scoobies, right? Um, Where Buffy is sort of saying like, hey, who told you the information that pissed you off? And everybody sheepishly is like, oh, it was fine. Like, got us again. (laughs) (laughs) He's such a naughty boy. (laughs) What a villain. (laughs) Uh, So they all find out that Spike got them. And of course, they don't feel better because as aforementioned, these things are real for them and they're thrown off. And and what I kind of like about like how this conversation happens throughout the episode is that they're not talking about like they've been feeling off for a little while. Like they really are all like, hey, this whole season is kind of felt like we've been getting off track as Scoobies. And like, you know, Willow later talks about like, well, it was our first year in college, which is crazy to me. When I watch episodes from season four, at the beginning, I'm like, oh my God, that like we started, it feels like 400 years ago. When you think about the fact that when we started the season, they were just beginning college, <laughs> you know? Yeah. Anyway, we'll get more into it in a bit. Spike is working for Adam. They figure that out. Uh, the discs included plans about Adam making his cyber demonoid army. Yes. Do you think those discs were ever in his chest slot? <laughs> yeah. Do you think he shits them out? Like, <laughs> how does Adam eject those discs is what I'm wondering. But also, I don't want to know. Uh, also, the initiative cells are just overflowing with demons, yes. which prompted me to try to come up with a... Um, portmanteau uh, that would uh this is a, a port, did you say a portmanteau uh, yeah. is it a portmanteau or a portmanteau or portman okay so i covered this with rishi <laughs> and the the proper vowel sound is o mm-hmm. at the end uh but it's portmanteau <laughs> portmanteau i've been practicing in the mirror so i tried to come up with a trojan horse demons mm. portmanteau and what I, i'm going to tell you my i didn't spend very long on it uh-huh. so i'm going to invite everybody else to come up with better ones Great. and send them to us but mine are just to get you started <laughs> <laughs> they're so bad <laughs> i mean they're not even portmanteaus they're portman phrases or something you know, because uh-huh. it's two words. So you, they're the poor man's so portmanteau. Exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so uh, on one side, we have demon horse, Trojan horse, demon horse. I said they were bad. Wow. This is just to get it going. Yep. Uh-huh. And Trojan orc. You're welcome. Oh, great. So- I don't think orcs exist in the Buffyverse, but they're like 
kind of demonic. Okay. Trojan orc. It's not bad. I think it's pretty I think bad. our listeners will it's do better. Bad, but sure. yeah, I, yeah. D- I just didn't have a lot of time. Yeah. That, that's great. Good call to action. Um, also, the one thing I want to talk about before we go to the next scene is uh, Xander saying, does anyone miss the mayor? Just wanted oh, to yeah. be a just snake. Just wanted to be a big snake. <laughs> and to, to which I think we all say, yeah, we all fucking miss Hey there, this is Justin Bartha. I made a funny new podcast, King of the Egg Cream. It has the greatest cast in the history of podcasts with actors like Louis Black. I'm torn by my feelings for two women. Bobby Cannavale. You can eat it, or if someone hits you, you can put it on your cut. Melanie Linsky. I wonder what these marvelous things are that look just like boiled chicken feet. Jason Ritter. I can break things and pick locks and kill people. Michael Stuhlbarg. The whole point is to inspire people that they should make themselves better. Ari Grainer. No, don't whet its appetite. What are you, an idiot? Me, Justin Martha. That's not just any egg cream, that's a Lemke's special. And all narrated by the hilarious Richard Kind. This is the story of Harry Dalowitz. And how he rose from nothing to become New York's King of the Egg Cream. So if you like funny true stories, come listen to King of the Egg Cream, available wherever you get your podcasts. The mayor. Uh, We all wish (laughs) that we had the mayor right now, but we don't. Adam is using uh, some chunk of his demon self that can sense things, and he says, she's coming. I can feel it. <laughs> Fuck you, man. He's gross. Um, and then we go to Giles's. <clears throat> and Xander's like, if only we could call upon the powers of Grayskull and make a Megazord or whatever the fuck. <laughs> yeah. Earth, like, wind, fire, choose your, water. Choose your property uh, where people combine stuff. And Giles is like, holy shit. I don't know if he actually takes his glasses off or if I just imagine, like, it's just ingrained in my brain that he would be, like, taking them off and being like, actually, (laughs) you've got a point. Mm -hmm. Then it's time to belay. Yes, I I wrote Jenny in my notes. Ha, 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 belay on. I also wrote belay on in my notes. I said the right thing. Jenny taught me belay on and belay yourself. What's the other one? Belay and then you say belay on and then you say climbing and then you say climb on. Well, that's two people. The one person says the ons and one person says the not ons. Got it. So yeah, they're belaying. They're belaying. Um, I guess they're technically repelling. Oh my God. But um, I'm Some, somebody, you know who else you're repelling? <laughs> what the fuck? <laughs> our listenership? Um, <clears throat> well, me, but no, oh. probably not our listenership. Um, okay, so. They love me. They gave me a lab coat, Kristen. They gave me a lab coat, too. I don't, rem- I don't remember that part. Uh-huh. So Buffy and Willow make up. But hold on. Before that, <laughs> I just, I just, there's a really wonderful Giles line when they're walking in before they start belaying and repelling and whatever the hell else. Uh-huh. Where he says to Xander, Xander, just because this isn't going to work doesn't mean you should be negative. <laughs> <laughs> Which is nice. Great. Okay. Great. So, Great. yes, Willow Great. and Buffy. I think this is important for a couple of reasons. One, the bigger piece of this, which is their insecurities, but two, because like we had this coming out moment a couple of episodes ago. Mm-hmm. And I think that this is really nice because as so many of us know, coming out is not a one-time thing. It is a thing where like you have the initial moment and then you have to unpack stuff later. And they're not specifically just doing that here, but I think it is a piece of it. Yeah. Uh, Buffy also calls herself out on something that we often call Buffy out on and says, I've been so wrapped up in my own stuff. Classic Buffy. Yeah. As um, as a wise man in London once told us, it's almost as if she's just like the weight of the world is on my shoulders. 
<laughs> Which is actually what Willow kind of says. She's like, well, your stuff is kind of important. And Buffy's like, well, actually, I mean, Riley, you know. And then Willow is like, also, I was keeping secrets too. But I wanted to tell you, but I was so scared. <laughs> we, You know what we should talk about for a second? Because we haven't had a chance to. We, we shared it on social media. But when Kate and I talked about New Moon Rising, we were like, wow, this coming out moment was so powerful. Like, Marty Knoxon just knocking it out of the park. And like, wow. Yeah, I've been sitting on that one for a while. Wow. <laughs> and then um, we learned from you all that Marty Knoxon has two moms. And then Marty Knoxon <laughs> tweeted at us to be like, yeah, my two moms just celebrated their 40th wedding anniversary. <laughs> <gasps> so anyway, um, I think that Marty Knoxon's input into this show as the child of two queer women or lesbian women, I don't know how they identify, is in like why we get some of this really powerful stuff that does seem just so informed um, that, yeah, Willow was scared to tell her best friend because that's scary. Mm -hmm. We get mm -hmm. it, Will. Mm -hmm. Okay, they love each other. They hug. Xander comes down. They hug Xander. And Xander, this is nice, right? Because like Xander can often make things like womp womp and be like, hey, yeah, look yeah. at these two ladies hugging me and one of them's gay. And yeah. like, <laughs> like he doesn't do that here. Mm -hmm. um, he is just like, oh man, my pals. And then he's like, Giles, get down here quick, man. This really sweet thing is happening. Yeah. Okay, so then and they probably open the elevator doors and uh, the initiative is waiting for them with guns. Yes. And Spike has failed Adam once again. And Adam's like, take his head off. Yeah, Adam suddenly becomes the queen of hearts. Yeah. <laughs> off with his head. Um, Spike does a move that I is high up in my ranking, takes his fucking cigarette and puts it out in Forrest's eye. Ugh. I mean, I don't love the eye thing, but I love Spike using a cigarette as his weapon. I think yeah. that's pretty on, on brand, brand sure. and pretty, sure, sure. pretty great. I also really love what happens to Forrest's burned eye. It like loses Just its color over, which is not, I think what would actually happen I would if like, you burned an eye with a cigarette, please don't try. No, uh, that, imagine. Let us know. No, I would like to know from our scientists though. Like, is there any scientific, what? The fuck? what? Oh, that you're a scientist. Now That's right. You have a fucking lab yes. coat? Okay. Well, if you're a scientist that earned your lab coat in ways that are not talking about Buffy the Vampire Slayer okay. and hunks, I would love to know if there's any truth to color coming out of an eye from heat. Like, is that a thing or is that just, an it's probably just an effect. Okay. Ugh. We're into a segment of the show that I believe can start off with a jingle. This general, I know every inch of this lab. I'd know a tick on a mouse if it got in here. Ugh. This is exactly the kind of uh, overconfidence that if you possess it, you can be certain it's a you're about to die. Yeah, exactly. Um, it's also just a really white doodly. A little white doodly thing to do. Uh -huh. um, and and of course, we're positioning like, I think like structures, organizational structures against heart, as we talked about in the beginning of the episode. And guess what side of the line the patriarchy falls on? The organizational structure side. Ah. Um, and it doesn't get very far. And Buffy, to her credit and their credit, they're really trying to help here. Like they're yeah. really trying to be like, dude, can you just stop with the patriarchy for a second and like listen to us because you don't know what you're talking about. And of course, he can't hear that. Uh, 
Also, there's uh, the moment where the general is like, you and you're bringing weapons in here. And he holds up the gourd. Yeah. Which he'll talk about a couple of times more in this episode. I mean, it's a magic gourd in his, in his defense. In his defense. And he is told it's a magic gourd. Um, They're locked in. They're yeah, all just locked as in. He, just as he tells them how absolutely in control he is, all the power goes out. All the exits are locked down. <laughs> do, you, do you know? Do you know how the power gets turned off, Jenny? Because <laughs> Adam, with the longest fingernails known to man, we get not one but two separate clips of B-roll of Adam's motherfucking fingernails clicking on messages, <laughs> like a like a like a lovely lady at a at a like a. It reminds me of like um the women who used to. <laughs> The women who who like ran the switchboards, like oh, when yeah. phones needed switchboards, oh, yeah. and they were like alpha, data, blah blah, yeah, whatever. Yeah. Like I feel like that's Adam in this room. He's like uh, <laughs> clickety clack, <laughs> <laughs> and uh, all the demon containment cell doors are unlocked and opened, and they immediately start attacking all the lab coat clad. Scientists, and you know what this reminded me of a lot? Oh, I gave it a name, actually. What'd you give it? uh, I called it the Battle of Tinfoil Alley. (laughs) (laughs) What did it remind you of? That's pretty good. It also reminded me a lot of Cabin in the Woods. Oh, the uh, sorry, I got ahead of myself. Yes, the release of the demons, totally. Yeah. If you haven't seen Cabin in the Woods, now is the time to watch it while you're watching season four, because certainly so much of um, some of the pieces of Cabin in the Woods were pulled directly from. They were like, what if we had a budget and no Adam and also some like totally yeah. different ideas uh, about this, but also just like a few of the same ideas. It's a great movie. It's kind of like how Chicago um, was a great city, but then it burned down and they were like, let's do it even better. And that's yeah. why Chicago, like you get alleyways for your garbage. Yeah, it's very like organized your city doesn't nice smell bad like New York. Um, um, great, great metaphor. <laughs> also, Chris Hemsworth before he was famous is in Cabin in the Woods and he is he looks great you just want to use your lab coat right now yeah I've got my lab coat I've got my title it's before he got all Thor jacked up so like he's like a lean hot it's pretty good also it's not a big deal but my friend Kristen is in Cabin in the Woods so whatever also true um okay so Battle of Tinfoil Alley um my favorite moment no I have two favorite moments in the oh you have a little sentimental face on though Jenny what uh what do you go ahead the scooby set up to do their spell and xander's like i still don't like you going in alone and buffy's like i won't be yeah ah! no that's very i know i want to talk about that this whole thing because it's pretty massive um but can i tell you my two favorite yes. moments from the battle of tinfoil alley that are not <laughs> sentimental please okay one is the cu- the clip of what i call the snake man there's just like a man like climbing out of the tinfoil mm. pit and there's like a weird snake like tentacles wrapping around him. You know, I would go like octopus or squid because there's cause yeah. a snake is just it's kind of a tent- line. It, you're right. It's tentacles. It's many, many snakes or tentacles. If you could see the knowing, the <laughs> the I know how to identify weird rope like shitty special effects as tentacles. <laughs> Jenny Owen Young's face that I'm getting right now. The other, my other favorite moment from the Battle of Tinfoil Alley happens later and it's when the Scoobies have to go through the Battle of Tinfoil Alley to get to the room where they set up to do their magic. And it, it is because if you go back and you look at them while they run through, Giles is clutching the magic gourd 
are holding it. <laughs> he's holding it so carefully running through the battle because they <laughs> fucking need that gourd. Yep. Yep. So one thing I want to say is that Willow uses the electrical grid before they get to the secret little place to do their magic to find the secret lab, which I find incredibly hot. <laughs> and I'd like to play her jingle. Who knows the square root of 1225? Willow, who's gentle of heart and nimble with a hard drive. Willow, Willow. Okay, so now we're here in Sentimental Alley, Jenny, where your face got us a little (laughs) earlier. But yeah, um, she's not going in alone because they're doing this um, pretty crazy spell that makes Buffy a vessel for um, not only all of their powers, but also the daughter of Sanaya. Sanaya, is that how they said it? I forget how they pronounced it now because I wrote it. I don't remember. Um, But the the first layer, they're calling upon the powers of the first layer in addition to Spiritus. The spirit, who is Willow. You're going to laugh at me? Yeah. You're going to laugh at me while I try to pronounce these yeah. words? Oh, such a supportive pal. <laughs> Animus, uh, heart, which is Xander. Sophus, which is mind, and Giles. And Manus, which is hand, and is Buffy. And this is, you know, we're a spoiler-free podcast, so we haven't talked about this sort of like demarcation of the Scoobies yet. Um, it's kind of the reason why I'll be trying to convince Jenny to go through the series in an, uh, an entire other time. <laughs> <laughs> but no, I mean, you know, there's so many times already in the series where we've seen them play out um, these roles, and we haven't called it out because we didn't want to spoil this moment where <laughs> they really do underline it for us um, what they're bringing to the table. And of course, they all bring multiple things to the table. But if we're going to distill them down to their essence, this is really it. Yeah. But everybody has a function, a place for everything. Everything in its place. We're stronger together. How am I doing? You're doing great. Um, And... Yeah, right. I know. That's what I was going to say. We'll get to some more sentimental stuff like as they really do occupy Buffy and the fight begins. But before that, there's a couple of fucking ridiculous (laughs) things that I think we need to talk about. Oh, my gosh. Buffy finds Riley. Riley can't talk to her. Oh, my gosh. She sees the zombies slash reanimated corpses. Adam's like, he can't talk to you. He's not programmed to. And then he's like, Forrest, kill Buffy. And then Riley is like, Buffy. We start to see him take a little bit of control of yeah. himself at his eyes. He can say Buffy. yeah his eyes are just like all wild and Forrest mm-hmm. says shut up and watch me kill your girlfriend <laughs> <laughs> the things that make Jenny giggle like a lady are really great right? <laughs> He's so stupid. Oh, I Forrest know. is so stupid. Forrest is pretty stupid. Um, also, <laughs> also like the re- the response that um, Adam has to Buffy makes me fucking die. Where she like walks in and he's like telling her that she's gonna do a bunch of shit. And he, he's like, she's like, I don't jump through hoops. I don't like, I don't play your game, man. Is basically her message. And mm-hmm. he just goes, Oh kill her (laughs) he's like kind of intrigued and he is like even as he's dying like even as the fight is getting more intense later like what i hate adam i hate everything about adam but one thing that i'm kind of into about adam is that like even as he's gonna be destroyed he really is a seeker of any kind of knowledge and this is not a knowledge he learned in any of his books Mm -hmm. so he really is like huh what is happening here i would like to learn yeah yeah then 
Are you going to talk about the arm? Is that why you're laughing? I'm going to talk about Riley sweatily cutting the chip out of his own chest. Jesus Christ. It goes on for so long. There's so much sweat. Oh, also he holds it up like a weird piece of bacon. (laughs) A weird piece of bacon. (laughs) Then he hops up and yanks the blood tubes out of the zombies. (laughs) Disgusting. And it's time for Riley and Forrest, the final showdown. (laughs) So meanwhile, fucking (laughs) Buffy's like, I broke your arm or like your your arm broke or whatever the fuck she says. Oh, because he he whips out his Polgara spike and and she she snaps it. it. And he's like, I got another. And then it's like the Terminator up in here. Like, and his arm extends to then we go from terminator to like the sopranos i don't even know yeah it's a big really like a tommy gun is that what you call that yeah it's kind of like a automatic bazooka tommy gun yeah kind of thing just really really dumb i would love to know what percentage of the budget was spent on that cgi because i feel like it well, actually, I guess, I guess we're about to get a fucking face full of CGI. Yeah, really. This seriously. room is all about it. Uh, it's it's not the best decision that's ever been made to make his arm turn into a gun. I highly, highly prefer when Rose McGowan's leg is a gun mm. in whatever that movie is. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> that's another story for another day. But one fun thing that does happen is Adam makes a joke. I've been upgrading. Actually, he doesn't even mean it as a joke. He's legitimately he's just like, like very matter yeah, of fact. He's like, about uh, it. I'm on operating system 2.0 right now. Yeah. Um, and then Buffy's eyes are like snap, snap, yellow. So we know there was a contact specialist on site for uh-huh, this episode. Uh-huh, uh-huh. Um, and she starts speaking in Sumerian. I would I would imagine is Sumerian. You have to believe it's Sumerian. Uh, meanwhile, Riley and and Forrest, uh, their fight ends. <sighs> when with Riley, a bang, with but not a, the kind of bang that Forrest was hoping for. Oh, nice one, Jenny. Thank you. Uh, then Buffy, via the first Slayer and the Scoobies, turns bullets into doves, which is also an well, interesting Well, it's one of my It's a classic <laughs> uh, close-up magic trick. Uh, the opposite of the war bullet into doves. It's bullets into doves. It's some doves. <laughs> Uh, yeah, and then she makes Adam's gun retract. Oh my god, yeah. Which would have been cooler if it was. What's the episode uh, with the werewolf guy where she bends the gun in half with her oh, with her actual well, strength? That's, that's phases, isn't phases, it? Phases, yeah. It would have been cool if if instead of it like retracting on itself, it just like bent. You know? Yeah, but just then saying. we would have had to watch Adam with like a weird bent, bent gun arm, arm. <laughs> forever. Um, you could never hope to grasp the source of our power. She says to Adam, then rips his dude. Yeah. She does this like wild flying bicycle kick thing across the room. I like that. Then she plunges her tiny fist into his disgusting (laughs) chest cavity. Gross. Yanks out some weird glowing toy cylinder that she bought at Spencer Gifts (laughs) that seems to be covered in gack and macaroni and cheese. But yours actually, is- it kind of looks like something from Ren and Stimpy. That's oh. really because of all the like weird, like sweet potato root points wow, coming off of it. Nice reference, Jenny. It really does. Yeah, as well. And she says, "But yours is right here." Um, and I'm kind of into the the lines here. You can't grasp the source of our power. Yours is right here. I'm not into the Ren and Stimpy uranium thing. Gross. And what I'm really not into is that it floats. <laughs> 
up out of her hands. I, erase, I actually blacked that out. Yeah, and she um, erases that. So Adam is dead. Adam is destroyed. Wow. We thought he I mean, said it couldn't be done. Yeah, we're all really sad to see him go. Um, now that he's gone, I kind of miss him. I do. I want to say just going back into the fight scene for a second. So I have, I have some feelings. A, I, the CGI I like is the like water CGI, like the, gu- yeah. the guns hitting the, the water wall. Yeah, kind of that's really cool. And I'm yeah. into it. And I think like, you know, this is like the start of CGI. So most of it is pretty not great. But I think that this is a CGI effect that was so effective that like I mean I know it's been improved but we still see this it reminded me of like I don't know like X-Men or I don't I feel like we've seen I've seen this effect used in more recent times um for other sci-fi mm. fantasy sort of genre stuff mm-hmm, mm-hmm. um and I don't know Jenny I just feel like we should talk about the fact that the Scoobies have always worked as one. I mean, it's kind of the thing, right? It's the, she's Buffy is a slayer and she's different from all the other slayers because she has a crew. She has support. Um, And so I have a few things to say about that. One, we just came off prom. I'm having a lot of feelings. Mm -hmm, And mm -hmm. obviously this is like also the source of our power here at Buffering the Vampire Slayer. And like that like people can't touch the source of our power and that the community that we have is so strong because we lift each other up and it's just, I have a lot of feelings about it. And, And this episode and so many episodes in the series underline that, that like, we are more when we are together. Um, we are more powerful when we work as a team. Um, we all mm-hmm. have different strengths that we bring to the table. Mm-hmm. Um, when we call upon them, um, we can destroy evil. So I just have a lot of feelings. And this episode was watched right after a lot of things happened at the prom. Mm-hmm. And I think it's important. And then just in the arc of the show in general, I want to say that whereas the Scoobies have been working together forever, and it's, it's been a point of... of um, reference for us many times I think that after their first year of like we're sort of getting to the end of of their first year of college um we've been through a lot Willow has come out Xander is really facing things in his life Giles has had to face what it's like to not be employed as uh you know as part of the Watchers Council Mm -hmm. Uh, Buffy has had to get over the loss of Angel and start to date again like Mm -hmm. Willow has had to get over the loss they've been through like some real shit and I do think that that they are coming together and this is what this is the deal with like like long-term relationships or friendship, long-term relationships of any kind, love, friendship, whatever, is that people change and grow. And when you can grow and change with them and move with them, that's also really powerful. So I just think that it's, um, it's not just a repeat of, oh, the Scoobies are together. It's like, we've seen them grow and change and they're coming together again. And they're coming together in a different way now because of all of that change. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I'm done with my monologue. Thank you all for listening. Great monologue. Thank you so much. Thank you so much. So then Spike just fucking strolls in. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And he uh, saves them. And they're like, you just did that so we wouldn't kill you. And he's like, yeah, did it Did it work? <laughs> yeah. And they're like, we're tired. Yeah. They're like, we're uh... too tired to kill you, Spike. And then he's like, let's go save them by gum. Oh which my God, I what a enjoy. doof. He's such a doof. Um, and then um, Buffy comes in, you know, it's like they're, they're all together again. Riley and Buffy come in and the Scoobies are there and Spike is there. And um, we sort of cut to the patriarchy. Okay. This little spiel. Yeah. The initiative was a failed experiment. It will be erased and filled in with concrete. Yeah. And then they, on behalf of all of us, say, <laughs> burn it down and salt the earth. <laughs> And we're like, thank you. (laughs) 
Thank you so much. Yeah. It's interesting because um, it's not often that we see like uh, somebody in position, uh, like I, I think the general and then his commanding officer or whatever. I don't know how things work with rank in the army, but um, they're sort of positioned as these like very stubborn, pig headed, you know, men who are like, we can do anything and like whatever. So I, I did find it interesting um, that this man was acknowledging essentially we can't like demons cannot be controlled and like we tried it and it failed. Yeah. Um, like I'm into that because they're, because, because he's right. Like he's right. They should burn it and salt it to the ground both because um, this is a power that is greater than theirs and they can't control it or contain it. And also because Jesus Christ, can we be done with the initiative now? Uh -huh. um, <laughs> so Jenny, do you yes. want to get a little sexy? Always. Welcome to this installment of the 2019 Sexual Attention Awards for season four, episode 21, Primeval. How exciting. We haven't gotten to do these together either in a little while. Yeah. What a delight. What a delight indeed. Well, um, I'm sorry that I had to announce the winners for the Yoko Factor up in the intro. I know you love when we do that together, but you see, we haven't even, I haven't even nominated them as of this yeah. taping. So yeah. as much as I wish I could use my time turner, I cannot. Yeah. So... Our first nominee for Primeval is a thruple. So glad to have a thruple here nominated. Uh, it is the thruple of Spike, Riley, and Adam. Because <laughs> these three boys with chips in various parts of their bodies <laughs> want to do it together. No. You know what I'm saying? Chip on chip on chip. Um, mm. How about this, Jenny? Hunk on hunk on Frankenstein. <laughs> <laughs> I'll take it. Cool. Next up, uh, <laughs> because the episode, this episode's pickings are slim. <laughs> they really are. Um, but because she seems genuinely uh, interested and uh, invested in pursuing this, Willow and decryption. Decryption? Decryptitude. Uncryption. Disencryption. Uncrypt my code. <laughs> 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 okay. <laughs> uh, our third nominee is Spike and Buffy because of all those nicknames. Yeah. You know yeah. He's like got a magnifying glass. Yeah. You don't need one. He's like, where's your lady trench coat to go with my man trench coat? Okay. I gotta go. <laughs> okay. Uh, and our last nomination. Of course. If this doesn't win, I'm gonna be very upset. <laughs> Is Zombie Forest and Riley because, <laughs> <laughs> well, you know why. Listen to this whole episode. Choice so. parts. Yeah, choice parts. Okay. So please join us. Uh, make your voice heard in our democracy. Find the Twitter poll at BufferingCast for this and every episode's Sexual Tension Awards. Vote and uh, be merry. Thank you. On Twitter. Did you say on Twitter? On Twitter. Yeah. Great. Said on Twitter. Great. I so wasn't Twitter paying attention. Poll. Yeah, okay. <laughs> All right. Well, wow. Jenny, I've got the fire. Do you have the salt? You know what I'm saying? I know what you're saying, and I do. Great. Well, uh, wow. We get to end an episode together in real time. This How is fun. also fun. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
Oh, I remember how to do it. Don't <laughs> worry. Uh, I, of course, am Jenny Owen Young. Are you sure you hesitated? <laughs> resident honkologist, lab coat owner, and co-host of this podcast. When I'm not making this podcast and watching Buffy, I'm writing songs. And you can hear some of them and learn more about me at JennyOwenYoungs.com slash buffering. Do any of your songs sound like uncrypt my... Sorry. I'm sorry. <laughs> so it's like jo- jokes usually come in threes. That's all. Oh, boy. And you can uh, always give me a shout on Twitter at Jenny Owen Youngs. Yeah. Youngs, oh, Youngs, Gus just laid his Youngs. little head down. Look at him, Jenny. <laughs> oh, well, Jenny squeal woke Gus up. Yeah, he doesn't uh, Gus like is my new cat who's friends with Sam in case you haven't been following everything. Um, and he's sleeping on a bed next to us right now. Okay. So I am Kristen Russo, and uh, if you don't know, I also do a lot of work with LGBTQ communities. Uh, You can check that out over on my website at kristennolene.com, finding organizations that I co-founded, Everyone is Gay and My Kid is Gay, a book I wrote called This is a Book for Parents of Gay Kids. Um, My website, I'll spell it for you. You know what? Jenny wrote a jingle to help you spell it. Hit it. Kristen with an I. N-O-E-L-I-N-E. Yes, you can use that spelling, kristennoline.com. You can also use that spelling to find me on Twitter and on Instagram, at kristennoline. Buffering the Vampire Slayer is on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook, at bufferingcast. And you can always email us at bufferingthevampireslayer at gmail.com you sure can dot com uh you can support us in a variety of ways of course you can rate and review our podcast or our sister podcast angel on top over on itunes you can buy some sweet merch and we've got some sweet new merch in the store you should oh, yeah. check it out bufferingthevampireslayer.com just click on shop and of course you can join our patreon family it <laughs> is it is almost 2,000 people strong i would love to be 2,000 people strong before we get to the end of this season just saying um and you get all sorts of perks uh namely just being a part of the secret facebook group where people hang out and do lovely things together it's really sweet uh if you are a part of that group you got to see jenny perform at prom because we live streamed those sets for our patrons you get the mp3s in advance at the five dollar level you get all sorts of things it's fun just check it out bufferingthevampireslayer.com just click on patreon yeah do all those things until next time. Uh, Burn it down and salt the earth. I made my mistakes. You made yours too How can it matter When we have what we do I know it was wrong To fight like we did And now that I have you back I just want to forgive Can Forgive me, I wasn't quite myself Was it a dream that had to be someone else?
We're better together, I'm better with you Oh, I was a fool How did I get so far out of my head So many wrong things that can't be unsaid How could I let go for even a blink Of my hope and my angers, my everything Forgive me, I wasn't quite myself That wasn't me, it had to be someone else I was a fool We're better together, I'm better with you Hi, it's Jennifer, a founder of Go Kid Go and a mom to two kids. Join my family on the story train with calm conductor Birdie each night as we travel through the magic rainbow tunnel to everywhere and anywhere to find the best bedtime stories. Search for Story Train on Spotify, Apple, or wherever you get your podcasts. (laughs) 